Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monster truck to get you going on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for tuning in to SCNZ today. This is Logan Swinkers. I'll be with you for the next hour, trying out something a little new here on the station. It's the Hockey Hour. On the show, I'll be covering field inline and ice hockey around New Zealand, as you heard me talking to Stephen McIver before, to learn more about what's happening with those great sports. Later on, I'll be chatting with Nathan Surgent from the Kiwi Inline Hockey League. They've got a real cool thing going on there. Plus, Neil Carey. He is the team manager for the New Zealand under-20s ice hockey team, and they're going to be heading off to the World Champs in Turkey very shortly. You can text through on the temper bed post text machine on double eight double three. I'd love to know, what's your favourite hockey-based movie? Most of them seem to be related to ice, but maybe you'll hit me with one that I don't know about. That's double eight double three. I want to know what your favourite hockey-based movie is. Definitely expecting a few Mighty Ducks answers. But first up, I'm very pleased to say that I'm joined in the studio by Nick Smith, Hockey New Zealand's GM of Commercial. Thanks for taking the time to hang out, Nick. No worries. Thanks for having me, Logan. Are you still... I know you were wanting to come up uh, into the studio, which, I mean, would have been awesome, but uh, the (laughs) Cyclone Hail may have thought of other plans there. Are you safe and sound? Yeah, mate. Safe and sound. Uh... Yeah, got, uh, I guess, first world problems, but stranded in the Coromandel. Uh, uh, still on holiday with the family, but yeah, it was meant to be back to Auckland uh, yesterday. But um, yeah, unfortunately, the cyclone scarpered those plans. Well, great, great part of the country to be stuck in, though. Uh, before we get stuck into yeah. it, do you have a favourite hockey-based movie? Oh, great question. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a '90s kid, so you can't really go past the Mighty Ducks trilogy, can you? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway. 
That's what I'm talking yeah. about. All right. So your role with uh, Hockey New Zealand as the GM of commercial, what does that typically entail? What does your day-to-day look like? Yeah, yeah, good question. Uh, so um, I guess uh, we've crossed our entire sport uh, here in New Zealand from, I guess, the high-performance team, which obviously our advantage black sticks uh, through to the community game and, Yes, for uh, you know, in a, in a nutshell, uh, me and our team really try to amplify and grow our sport, um, whether that be participation, commercial revenues, uh, working with the likes of yourselves and, and the media out there to really um, help share our stories of our sport and 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 sustain our game. And looking at the, I guess, the bigger picture side of things, uh, I, I mean, when I think of field hockey, I grew up playing it. I love it. But for some, it might be considered one of those sports you only really tap into every couple of years when a Commonwealth Games or Olympic cycle comes around. So how does Hockey New Zealand go about trying to attract, you know, more people to the sport on a regular basis? Yeah, it's, um, it's a really good point, really fair point. Um, I think for us, a lot of it is around... Um, telling our stories. We know that people that uh, play the game or are involved in the game, you know, really rusted on, passionate, love the game. Um, and we see, you know, that from a participation perspective, we're really up there in terms of uh, sports in New Zealand. I think, you know, we're the second biggest participation women's sport, for example. Um, one of the, you know, when you look at sports of scale, we are gender equal. Um, but for us, it's really about telling those stories and and inviting more and more people to our game and, and, and looking outwards and, and engaging with as many people as we can. Because, as you say, mate, when the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics roll around, um, the product itself is really good, really fast, exciting game, and we and, and a lot of people get in behind our teams. It's, uh, for us, you know, we come to work every day to try and sustain that um, week in, week out, beyond just the, the major events. Yeah, when you talk about the participation, 2022 was an amazing year for women's sport around New Zealand. I, what, what is the level like there for women's hockey? You talk about the numbers and it being, you know, the second biggest partic- participation sport. What's attracting people to come play? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a couple of things really. Um, well, the way I see it, and I guess everyone that's involved with it probably has a is a different uh, perspective, but for me, um, it's it's really fast and athletic. Um, it's it's easy, you know, ball on a stick, relatively easy um, to understand, and and you can play it for life. And I think the fact that it is gender equal means that often, you know, it's brothers, sisters, mums and dads, etc., rocking up to the turf and and playing together. It really is a family affair, and you know, probably something that. Um, really highlighted we've got our national masters tournament um coming up in Tauranga in uh february and march or end of february and start of march and we've got you know that's sort of ages 40 plus really and we've got uh 96 teams registered for that um and it just shows you know that hockey you know is a game for life which is great awesome uh and coming up january 28 29 the women's black sticks uh hosting spain a mile stomping ground blake park in mount mong and nui for that series, yeah. you've, you've partnered up with Women's Refuge where 100% of the ticketing revenue is being donated back to them. How did a partnership like yeah. that come about? Uh, yeah, it's, um, I guess for us as a sport um, and, and, and our Blacksticks having a, a, a relatively decent profile as a brand is 
we we really talk a lot about using that profile as a sport to connect and build communities. Um, and um, obviously, it's our, our Vantage Player Six woman playing, and, and you know, Dr. Anne Shuri and the team at Women's Refuge does such fantastic work in our communities to help women and children experiencing violence at home. So any way that we can support that was really a no-brainer. Um, mm. And, you know, uh, I guess the initiative that they have, which is um, it, it's $20 to, to gift a safe night, um, which will provide a, a, a woman access and, and their children, uh, access to a safe bed, hot meals, security and advice. Um, the fact that that's 20 bucks and it kind of aligns with a, with a ticket for 20 bucks, again, just made it a no-brainer and, and, yeah, we're really looking forward to, to helping a great cause and, and um, I guess, playing some hockey back in New Zealand again as well. Yeah, it's been a while since uh, the Women's Black Sticks uh, have played. For those outside of the Bay Polina region that want to support such an initiative, is there anything that they can do to help Women's Refuge? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if uh, there's, a, I guess, a non-attending option um so if you jump on hockeynz.flickit.co.nz you can't attend if you're around the country or even in Tauranga but got something else on um then you can just uh yeah buy a 20 dollars non-attending ticket which will um which will provide a safe night um for a woman and and children in need the series is quite a big one for the Black Sticks, Women's Black Sticks, because it is actually the first one for uh, incoming head coach Phil Burrows Given his recent track record, uh, both at Hockey Victoria and then his own international hockey career, what do you think Phil brings to the table following on from the likes of uh, Darren Smith and Graham Shaw? Yeah, look, it's uh, really exciting. Um, as you say, you know, I think 2022 was a really, uh, really exciting and optimistic year for our women's team. You know, they, they probably they lost a lot of talent Um for various reasons after the Tokyo Olympics and, and for that young team to do so well in 2022 um, with, a, with an amazing kind of developing assistant coaching team to now be uh, head coach by Phil is, is really exciting. I think he's going to bring, um, obviously, a lot of international nows from a, from a storied playing career, um, but also, I guess, his, his ability to connect and work with um, not only the players, but those established, well, now established assistant coaches is going to be really exciting to see. And I think, as you say, you know, coming off uh, the Melbourne team, which he led to a minor premiership in the Hockey One League in Australia, you know, he's, he's, he's had some really recent success. And and so we're really looking forward to him. Uh, I guess he started officially now, but coming on board and, and, and having that first series against Spain. Yeah, I mentioned before that the women's Black Six haven't played in a while. It's not since August uh, when they lost to India uh, in the Com Games. The men's side last played in November. They've got their World Cup coming up. Being that the sport isn't fully professional in New Zealand, how hard is it to get regular international matches happening here and retain our best players? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think, you know, like I guess a lot of sports, uh, we're, we're probably similar to a lot of sports and, and, and I guess our level um, working with kind of semi-professional or non-professional players and I think, you know, firstly uh, our new kind of MOU agreement with uh, the Hockey Players Association for the next two years is has looked to address some of that flexibility um, and, and really looked to provide a platform where our players can continue to, um, I guess, represent our country um, 
with pride, but then also um, work on, on life outside of hockey as well at the same time or, or even play hockey abroad. Um, and then I guess the kind of, the other, the other parts of that around consistent hockey is um, probably in the last couple of years has been the, the creation of the Hockey Pro League, um, which essentially is, you know, if you think of cricket or, or other sports like that, is almost a future tours program where we do generate consistent um, teams coming to our, to our shores. And obviously COVID scarred that for the last couple of years. But, you know, when you look at um, this year beyond that Spain series and uh, at the end of January where um, our Vantas Plastics woman will be hosting um, China and USA in Wellington in, in February, which is really exciting to get some hockey back to the capital. We haven't been there for a while. And then both our men's and women's Black Six teams will be um, hosting... Australia and Great Britain actually in a cracker of a series um, in April down in Christchurch. So plenty of opportunities to get out and see our, see our players uh, at home. Nice. Now, looking at the commercial side of things, last month Hockey NZ announced a new two-year agreement uh, with a focus on player wellbeing and a continued commitment to play uh, to pay and gender equity, as you alluded to before. It does see the Black Sticks receiving a 25% share of all player-generated commercial revenue. But that got me wondering, what is perceived as revenue generated by the players under that deal? Yeah, um, essentially, um, sponsorship, um, uh Revenue from from the likes of of ticketing um, and licensing and things like that. Essentially, um, revenue that is um, that is subject to our players playing um, playing their sport. And in your role as the GM of commercial, how do you look to increase? I guess you know the revenue that can be generated to help strengthen the sport in New Zealand. Yeah, it's a. Um, an ongoing, I guess, uh, challenge for, for for sports. And but to be honest, it's sort of why I come to work and why our team comes to work. Um, for us, it's really about, um, as I say, telling our stories, but then also connecting um, with potential sponsors, um, funders, and also fans. And you know, we know that it's an incredibly um, competitive landscape out there for sponsors, but also for eyeballs in terms of fans and 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 what people are looking to be entertained by. So for us, it's really about connecting with them, understanding them a lot better and, and creating a product which really excites them, um, which, you know, we think, you know, we've got a lot of work to do and, and we're really excited about doing that over the next year or two. Awesome. And lastly from me, Nick, I'd love to know, what does the Blacksticks brand mean to you and where do you hope to see it heading in the future? Yeah, great question. For me, uh, the Black Sticks um, is the embodiment of um, what New Zealanders love to see in a sports team. Um, you know, we are tenacious. Uh, we fight for everything we get. And I, I think, you know, our players genuinely do and our brand goes out there and, and um, does it the best it can for its country. And, um, you know, long term, I'd just love to see uh, more and more uh, people um, loving our game. And, and for me, that's not about necessarily playing. You know, you could watch it on TV. Um, you could rock up to a game. Let's go, don't wait. This night's almost over. On it, let's make this night last forever.
You're listening to SEMZ, and for something a little bit different, this is the Hockey Hour with Logan Swinkles, where we highlight the three main hockey codes in New Zealand, field, inline, and ice. And we're putting the wheels on now, and I'm joined by Nathan Surgent, the co-founder of the Kiwi Inline Hockey League, which is set to begin their sophomore season next month. Thanks for your time, Nathan. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's, it's a pretty good day. Uh, first off, got to get this out of the way. What are the key differences between inline and ice hockey? All right. So a key difference between inline and ice, um, we play four aside instead of five. Uh, we don't play offsides. We don't play icing. And it's slightly toned down on the physicality. So not as much body checking as ice hockey. So would you say it's a bit more of a free-flowing, faster sport? I would, yeah. Definitely um, more sort of end-to-end action, um, especially like when you consider ice and the, uh, the, the offside rule tends to uh, slow the game a little bit. And also confuses a lot of people. <laughs> uh, now, I know, 100%. is it not the done thing to call it roller hockey these days or is it more of a North American thing? Yeah, definitely in North America they refer to it as roller hockey, but obviously... Uh, in this part of the world where we've got roller hockey that's played on quad skates, rather, so we, we obviously refer to it as inline to make that distinction. Right, now that we've got that out of the way, uh, how, did, how did the idea of forming the Kiwi Inline Hockey League come about for you? So, I suppose realistically, it's, it's a bit of a uh, homage to the BHL in Auckland. Um, so, I spent some time playing in that. A draft league is always uh, a, a great way to promote parity in, in a sport. You know, your best players get picked sort of at the top end and it, and it filters through. So I kind of looked at it and went, well, why wouldn't that work in inline? There's, there was a gap for it, um, especially post-COVID, where sort of club hockey was becoming tough with players pulling out or not. You know, potentially maybe not wanting to get vaccinated, various other things. Um, so the way we run it means that you can live in a city that maybe doesn't have their own inline hockey club and you can register as an individual and still, you know, get some games in. Uh, for those that don't know, when you reference the BHL, that's the Backyard Hockey League in Auckland, which sets up both the, a senior and also a development side of things to really help the young players coming through. And they have players that represent New Zealand and they have uh, more you know, recreational players. So there's a good mix of talent there. But with you going this route, uh, is it a way of kind of maybe trying to recognise the sport in a way that people might be more familiar with when you see, you know, teams and franchises like you would with ice hockey? Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, it's, it's definitely um, helpful for people who have, uh, you know, maybe an ice hockey understanding. They look at it and go, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing. Um, like you said, with the BHL, there's also a development factor, right? So we run uh, two divisions as well. So we've got our... Um, our Mana Cup division, which is our Division 2, that we can feed in maybe younger players or less experienced players with the hopes that, you know, as they improve, we can move them up into Division 1. And, you know, that's where sort of all of our top, top-tier, top high-level, prem-level hockey players um, from around the country are currently. 
Right, so we're talking with Nathan Surgeon, co-founder of the Kiwi Inline Hockey League, which you've done alongside uh, Arden Phillips. Now, this you've coming into your second season. What did you learn from that inaugural season that you've been putting into practice uh, while organising everything for this year? Oh, we, we learned a lot. Um, realistically, the first season actually ran really well. Um, we we could have obviously, you know, every sport code is going to say we could use more players. So, I mean, we just on to bigger and better things, you know, move on to, you know, we're going to start live streaming some of our games. We've got a camera coming to be able to do that. We've obviously uh, had an expansion team come in. So we went from four franchises in season one, went out to five. Obviously, the hope is to continue that on, you know, in the coming seasons. What else have we got going on? We've got um, an international team coming to play against us. So they saw what we did in uh, season one. They, uh, you know, got behind it. So we've got next level performance centre coming from Brisbane um, for uh, for Anzac weekend. Actually, um, they're going to play each of our Division One teams as well as we're putting up three All Star teams to play against them. So we've got a, a women's team that we're putting together as well as uh, a Pacifica, so Pacific Island Maori All-Star team, and just a, a KIHL All-Star team, which is obviously open to anybody who plays in KIHL. So I've, I've noticed that you've put out there that you've seen a 50% uh, increase in registration for Season 2, which then, of course, led to having that fifth team joining. Can you run us through who the five teams are and like which parts of New Zealand they represent? Right, so um, the, the five uh, teams are the Falcons, the Sting, the Dolphins, the Royals and the Soldiers and realistically they're not based in certain areas so all teams have players from all parts of the country so the draft in, in terms of the entry any team can pick any player and those players come together for those weekends that you know where we're playing, um, and and you know have a have some spirited competition, and you know, best team wins. Uh, and from there, I've noticed you know uh, something that the BHL does well is a player draft, and there's something that you've brought in as well. And from that, I've noticed that there's a good amount of female players being selected. What do you think makes inline a great mixed sport when, say, ice hockey is typically separated by uh, gender? I think being that, you know, you're taking out the body checking, the, the female players tend to be, um, they're, they're pretty quick. They've got good hands. They've all got good hands. Um, and they're very, very smart with how they play the game. So I think as soon as you remove that sort of the more physical, you know, body checking element, it makes it much easier to have mixed mixed gender teams. Nice. Uh, of course, the season gets underway February 18th and 19th in New Plymouth. You already mentioned that you're looking to have uh, at least some of the games live streamed. But for anyone who wants to go along and be a spectator, where around the country is the league being played? All right. So we've got a, a few weekends being played in New Plymouth. That's at the East End Skating Rink um, down Knobs Line. Uh, we've got, I think, three weekends in Hamilton being played at the Hamilton Devils Rink on Old Farm Road. Uh, we've got a weekend in Levin at the Horofenua Event Centre and a weekend at the Kilburnie Rec Centre in Wellington. And uh, all those dates can be found via our Facebook page. 
nice. Jumping back to the increase in you know interest that you've had. One thing mm-hmm. I've seen the the look of the teams, the logos, they're really strong. So, what are you looking to do in terms of really pushing this league out there and marketing it? Yeah, so I mean, that's obviously that's a work in progress. We we are looking, or we're always looking for ways to drive our social media, get you know, get more eyes on inline hockey in New Zealand. You know, in terms, we've got one of our team managers is actually a graphic designer, so he he helps us with all of our uniforms and our logo design. Yes, so we're looking for some some corporate sponsors so we can hopefully um, reduce costs for our players, particularly around travel. You know, like I mentioned, we're playing all over the country. There's, you know, that's a big expense for our players. But um, you know, if we can find a bit of corporate sponsorship, that's that's really the next step and how how we sort of drive inline hockey and, and, and help our players and hopefully therefore grow the league, right? If we can reduce costs, we can open that avenue for more players. And if, uh, say, a Kiwi kid was keen to give inline hockey a go, where's the best port of call for them to get started? What I would do if you're looking to get into inline hockey is reach out to probably Inline Hockey NZ. They'll be able to direct you to whoever your local clubs are. Um, and that's going to be, you know, your best sort of jumping off point in terms of, you know, seeing what it's about and, and meeting some people locally that are, that are also interested. Right now, New Zealand has an under-16 and under-18 team, uh, you know, in, in North America competing in California for the uh, NR, NARCH, I believe, <laughs> the North American Roller Championships. Uh, of course, that's all to help aid their development for further international competition, so what kind of level of skill are you seeing coming from that next generation of Kiwi players? Honestly, those those kids, they are flash. They are quick. They've got good hands. They're, they're learning the game way, way earlier and how to think the game earlier than you know, a, a guy my age. I'm in my mid-30s. I've been playing for, geez, 26 years. But what they're learning at an earlier age is, is far, far advanced on what you know, what I knew at their age. And it's, as long as we continue on, on that path, the future is bright. Awesome. I was just about to say, the future for inline hockey uh, in New Zealand sounds bright, Just you know, not just for the, the young kids coming through, but hopefully uh, we see more of the KIHL in the future. Uh, Nathan Surgeon, co-founder, thanks so much for your time, mate. No worries. Thank you. S-E-N-Z. Yes, that was Nathan Surgeon, the co-founder of the KIHL. You're listening to SCNZ, and this is the Hockey Hour with Logan Swinkles. I asked you at the top of the hour, what what are some of your favorite hockey-based movies? And I mentioned that most of them are ice-related. Uh, I've been thrown, thrown one here that actually is in line. I had to look it up. I haven't heard of it before. Airborne. It's about rollerblading, and it's got Jack Black in it, Seth Green. I think it's from, like, 1993. Don't look at the Rotten Tomatoes rating because it is very low. And he also mentions the doco Ice Guardians, uh, which is about fighting in the game, which, of course, probably a lot of people know. Like, oh, you know, you go to a hockey game and, you know, you went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. You know, that's the old tagline, right? Uh, And that has been slowly disappearing from the game of ice hockey. This documentary is from like 2016. Now in 2023, it's almost barely existent. So uh, Mystery Alaska is another great shout. And then Darren from Nelson, thanks for tuning in, mate. Threw threw in Youngblood with Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. 
What an absolute classic. So keep sending those through on the Temper Bear Post text machine, double eight double three. What is your go-to hockey movie? Temper and Bear Post, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. It's 9.35 here on ECNZ. It's time for Araha and the News. All aboard, bring your offerings. What a tune that is knocking at the door by our cows. Welcome back to the Hockey Hour with Logan Swinkles here on SNZ. Here in Smithy is coming back on Monday. He's, he's joked in the past about me having an hour-long show talking about stick and puck or ball, depending on which hockey code you're referring to, well, at least for one day only. That is what I'm doing. If you want more in the future, hit us up on the Temper Bedpost text machine 8833 or find me on Twitter at SwinksNZ. I've been asking you, what is your favorite hockey-based movie? Let me know on that Temper Post text machine. I've had a couple in for Miracle, the real story of the greatest sports upset ever, and the hockey is great in it. Beats some of the sillier hockey movies out there. That's from Marku. I'm going to out myself now and say I haven't actually seen it yet. I know, it's high on the list, it's high on the list, it's on Disney, I will watch it at at some point. But right now, it's time to talk about uh, my lifelong passion of ice hockey. I've been covering it extensively in New Zealand for a decade now, but one of the first big tournaments I covered was the WHF Under-20s World Championship in Dunedin back in 2015. Fast forward to now in 2023, the team is heading to Istanbul, Turkey, surely to compete again from January 26th. On the line with me now is the team manager and proud hockey dad, Neil Carey. How are you doing, buddy? Good, Logan. How are you, mate? I'm doing awesome, man. What Do you have a favourite hockey-based movie? Oh, that's a really good one. Oh, yeah, the Miracle is a fantastic story. Eh? Uh, Mighty Ducks and Slapshot, you can't get past the trio there. Nice, love it. Now, January 26th isn't that far away. What's the plan for the uh, under-20s leading into that WHF tournament in terms of you know training camps and preparation? Uh, it's been a little bit disrupted off the, uh, the lead-up with um, COVID and so forth, but we've, we, we assemble in Auckland on Monday, and we do a um, four-day camp there, and uh, then we head off on Friday to, uh, to Turkey, which is pretty exciting. And then once we get there, we've got... Um, We've got a warm-up game against Australia, um, various ice times and that, just to get our, our feet on the ground and over the jet lag and acclimatise and so forth. So it's all very exciting. Oh, taking on Australia always means something, doesn't it? This is, of course, the first time New Zealand's competed in the WHF uh, Under-20s World Champs since January 2020, before the pandemic hit. What hopes do you have uh, for the team making their return to international competition? Uh, we're quite excited because uh, what COVID did for us was a, a bit of a favour. It made us reset locally in our NZHL competition where we did it. We uh, had no imports coming in, so we had a, a lot of youth get introduced to the NZHL, um, whereas before imports would take out 14 countrywide slots, and um, we've got the youth coming through and the, the stage group actually playing in that game and the competition is meaningful, it's, uh, and it's been a fantastic build-up. So we're actually quite excited now to see them 
at the stage. Uh, obviously, the other other countries had the same problems and, and issues as we did as well. So a litmus test for sure when we play Australia in that warm-up game to see where we are. But we, we've seen improvements, and we're generally excited. We've got some good talent. So along with Australia, New Zealand is in Group A alongside Bosnia and Herzegovina plus Kyrgyzstan. Where does the challenge lie for the team to get out of that group play and play for medals? Uh, yeah, we, that's, we need to get off where we are. We need to progress up the up the ranks. Um, as I say, it's been three three year hiatus, so uh, we're not a hundred percent sure where we are <laughs> with these teams. We obviously Australia is a big threat. They've got a good competition back home um, to, to build up for themselves as well. So um, we don't really know, to be honest. Now, so, I, uh, okay. Now, I don't want you to talk about your sons just yet. We will get to that. But who are some of the other players uh, that we should look out for in this New Zealand under twenty side? Oh, we got some good talent. Um, it's we've got some uh, some guys have done very well in the NZHL. Uh, we've got some we've got some speed with the likes of Caleb Chamberlain. Um, we've got some good tenders. Uh, there's some solid defence with you know the likes of uh, the Dunedin Thunder guys, Adam Stightley, and uh, the Tristan Wigley is a, a man giant. I don't know if you're Tristan. He's uh, he's going to be one of the bigger guys at the tournament, that's for sure. Um, it's, it is honestly very very exciting. We got some, we got some speed and some skill spread out. We're pretty hard to sort of pull an um, individual name out without sort of offending someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it, it is always a tough question. Um, you speaking of speed and skill, uh, your son Jacob Carey uh, was awarded the NZHL's Rookie of the Year in 2021. Uh, I mean, that was an incredible campaign with the Canterbury Red Devils. Some of those goals he was scoring, I mean, I was just watching awe of what he was achieving out there. And at such a young age, he's back over in Canada now at the A21 Academy in Ontario. How big has been there been for his development? Oh, it's been enormous. Um, they're on the ice every day, um, at least an hour and a half on the ice, and then uh, an hour plus in the gym. So uh, it, he's entrenched in it. He's loved it. It's, uh, it's, anyone who finds himself in that situation can only grow, surely. Um, it's been good for his game, for sure, and he's so focused. He wants, he wants to achieve, so he's doing what he has to do to do it. When you speak with his coaches and the like that work with Jacob over in Canada, what do they say about him as a player and as the person? Uh, they love his ethic. Um, there's a couple of Kiwi guys over there now, and um, Kiwis are, just think a bit different. They're not so blasé and, uh, as some of the local guys are. Um, you got to appreciate ice hockey's not um, entrenched in our lives as it is over there, and a lot of the, a lot of the local guys are just sort of, oh, here I am, and let's do it. <laughs> They've got the natural talent and skill for sure, but they they don't have the actual drive, um, which is what the what Jacob and some of the other guys over there now and spread out throughout Canada and for New Zealand um, take to it. You know, they're there because they want to. It's, it's new, it's fresh, and so, um, he was made captain, which is very good of the under eighteen team last year, which is very good for a sixteen at the time. And um, he, yeah, they they, they like his ethic. That's awesome. That's Thank awesome to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sure. sp- speaking of Jacobs, uh, there's another one that I've been profiling uh, for a while through his career. Jacob Ratcliffe, he's playing professionally in America in the SPHL. But mm. your son, Jacob Ratcliffe, I'm oh, sorry, Jacob Carey, I'm thinking of Tim Ratcliffe. Uh, Jacob, uh, <laughs> he's only 17 years old. Where could you see him going next? How far do you think he could go? 
He wants to, uh, his next step is he wants to align himself to go to play college hockey. So he wants to pick up a, um, a team in the NAHL or USHL. So that's what he wants to do. Um, and he's working very hard towards that. So, yeah, the, the next six months are going to be, be telling as far as that uh, step in the career goes. So that's what he wants to do. And obviously he wants to end up at the top somewhere. Nice, nice. I mean, he's a great kid. He could definitely could go far with his attitude and his skill. But he's not the only son you have that could make any hockey dad proud. You've also got your son, Timothy, performing well uh, in goal for the Canterbury Red Devils. What does it mean to you to see both of them represent New Zealand in this under-20s team? Oh, it's enormous. Yeah, you wouldn't believe the pride. Um, well, you probably can. It's, it's, it is great. And they're doing it on their own back too, which is fantastic. And uh, they've allowed me to join them on the journey and as far as the management role goes. So uh, the, the reason Jacob's as good as he is because he wanted to be better than Tim. He's hit that. He wanted to beat Tim. He wanted to score on Tim. And Tim's a pretty solid goalie. So uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. Growing up was fun. Look at that. Travelling traveling around the world with your sons, is, do you think there's going to be any embarrassing moments where they uh, they tell Dad to just kind of back off a little bit and let them do their own thing? <laughs> I do my best to be aloof on that, mate. But, um, I enable them to do what they do through the management. But, um when the players are away, they're under the coaches, guys, not the management. So, uh, you know, I, I, I won't be interfering. It's just nice to be there and a part of it, as any parent would imagine. Yeah, that's awesome. And, I mean, for those that aren't there, I mean, Turkey is very far away, but it will be live-streamed, no doubt, by the WHF. Last question from me, mate. Being a hockey dad that you are, just how much passion and dedication has to go into supporting your kids and pursuing those hockey dreams? It's easy because they love it. So just to support them and, and guide them where they want, where they need the guidance and, and let them find their feet, it's, it's really, really enjoyable. Very enjoyable as a parent. As any parent in any sport would be, I would imagine. Yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, I, my daughter's only two. Maybe one day I'll get that feeling as well. I'm looking forward to it. Neil Carey, the under-20 New Zealand team manager. All the best for Turkey, mate. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for sponsoring our game, mate. Much appreciated. No worries. Uh, of course, you're listening to the Hockey Hour with Logan Swinkles here on SCNZ. Oh!